Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Lux mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. What does it mean to be Black in America? In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as varied, nuanced, and dynamic as Black experiences, you'll hear... It means everything. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get your podcast. So I can't believe we've gone this long and I haven't asked you, but have you gone? I'm sure you have. You've gone on Pottermore and sorted yourself, right? With the sorting hat? I haven't. You haven't? I actually just found out about Pottermore a couple of years ago, and it's been since I've had kids, so I just haven't done it. So I don't know. Expecto Patronum. Yeah, you heard me. It's that kind of day. Harry Potter fans rejoice. This is your Fanatics podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, David Magadoff, and with me, as always, is my extra effervescent, extra magical, extra not Slytherin house, maybe? Maybe Hufflepuff? Maybe. What are you, Claire? I am for sure a Hufflepuff, David. I like it. What makes a Hufflepuff a Hufflepuff? You know, I don't know why I ended up a Hufflepuff. I thought I could have been anything. Ravenclaw. I didn't think I was Slytherin. But I feel like Hufflepuff, you know, they have a reputation for being like the nicest, maybe. Well, you're pretty nice, Claire. And so is our guest today, Miss Megan Ori. You know her from such wonderful things, wonderful things like South Beach, True Justice, Intelligence, but especially Once Upon a Time and Chesapeake Shores. Yes. Little Red Riding Hood on Once Upon a Time. Amazing. Very. I feel like people, we are what we eat. Meaning like the fact that she was, of course, in a show called Once Upon a Time and played Red Riding Hood. Of course, the thing that she loves the most is Harry Potter, another magical, all-encompassing world. That doesn't surprise me ever when our guests come on and things inside of them like tend to be what they are, like they are what they eat. Well, I mean, being an artist it is about make-believe and magic a little bit, you know? It, whether you want to, from an audience perspective, say suspension of disbelief or from the artistic side of things, you know, you have to you have to believe in something greater than reality to be a great artist, you know? So it's it's not surprising. I agree with you there. Yeah. I went to see a doctor the other day who just finished watching all of the Dexter New Blood and he's like, yeah, you were just you in the show. I was like, yeah, that's that's exactly it. It's like, we are what we are. I had a cop uniform on and everything, but I'm just going to be me doing it. And it's like, of course. So it's fun that she has this energy, Megan, apparently this like escapist, magical sort of thing inside of her. I mean, meeting her for the first time a while ago, her and her husband, Johnny, they're just... So nice and so sweet. And I guess, you know, we all, like, some people live in their heart and live in their head. I feel like she's someone who, maybe I'm putting this on her in in a very pleasant way, but I feel like she lives kind of in her head. So seeing her sort of enjoy this magical world 
It's very sweet that that's what she goes mm-hmm. toward. And we're going to find out today what very house she goes yes. toward. We sort her today, my friends. So enjoy <laughs> that. It's a full encompassing sorting experience. And before we go into the episode, just reminding you guys, spread the fanatics love. We are fanatics on Twitter. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Like comment, share, leave a review. If you really love us, we really love you. We want to spread the word. All right. Young, cute, adorable Ron Weasley or older, moodier Ron Weasley? I take Ron Weasley in all forms. How dare you? (laughs) You don't discriminate, right? No, come on. (laughs) (laughs) He's a great character. It's so funny. And for anyone who hasn't picked up yet on uh, the Weasley name, we are talking about Harry Potter today and Megan, your love for Harry Potter. But it's so funny when I look at the pictures of Daniel and Emma and Ron when they were tiny. Well, not Ron, but Rupert, you know, when they were tiny because the, the whole series evolved over, you know, a decade or more. What is it about Harry Potter that you love so much? Well, I need to start off with that I am a purist and I started with the books and I read, actually, that's not true. I watched the first movie first and I was kind of like, eh, I don't know. And I actually, it's very sad and tragic, but I have a friend, it, God, it's not an actual tragic story. I, phrase that wrong, but I have a friend in LA who is a member of BAFTA. And so he took me to the screening of the very first Harry Potter, The Sorcerer's Stone. Oh, wow. Like before it was even out, before I had read any of the books, I knew nothing about it. There was a panel and people from the cast and the, like there were people there and I don't remember who it was because it meant nothing to me, but I was there and I got a bag of every flavor beans because they were giving them out and none of this meant anything to me at the time. And I was like, oh yeah, this is a nice movie. And then later on, I read the books and I've read all the books like five times and I've seen all the movies now, like probably hundreds of times. And that that whole experience is just gone from my life because it meant nothing to me when I went and I was there. That is what we call an L.A. tragedy. It is an L.A. tragedy. Yeah. Like no one died, but it was a tragedy. (laughs) What now would be like the ultimate experience, I can imagine. Oh, my gosh. Like I need to go back in time and remember everything and record it. Just so we can hone in on exactly what Harry Potter. Is it an equal passion between the books and the movies or is there one that usurps the other? Hmm. I mean, the books are so great because they're so detailed and there's so much more information in the books and there's so many things that are left out of the movies. But I also feel like then when you watch the movies and you've read the books, you get all the little Easter eggs. And so you can experience the movies all over again. If you haven't read the books first, then you can kind of go back. So so my mom is a librarian and she loved Harry Potter first. Mm. And she actually decorated her library with platform nine and three quarters. And all of her little students used to like run at the wall and try to run through the wall because they thought they could get on the train. She taught elementary school. Like she did that, like she crafted this all herself. Did she have a friend or a helper librarian or did she? Yeah, she got students to do it. I mean, that's what teachers do, right? They can make all the students do all the work for them, right? If only. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure who built it for her. Probably my dad did, actually. But she was always telling me to go read the books. And I was like, no, they're for kids. I'm not going to read it. And then I 
was living in this studio apartment and I didn't have any TV and I was like living in Venice Beach and I was all alone. And I was like, eh, I'll read the Harry Potter book. And I kind another of Another LA in, tragedy. <laughs> another LA tragedy. I have so many of them. Yeah. But I just, I just fell in love with like, I think because I lived in this little tiny apartment too. It was like kind of like a cupboard under the stairs. And I just sort of fell in love with the world. So I read that was sort of the first book is what brought me in. And then I watched the movies after having read the books. And then I just kind of fell deeper and deeper and deeper in love. (laughs) For the two people who are listening to this, who are saying to themselves, Harry, what? Could you explain to them, other than trying not to shame them for, (laughs) for so many things, can you explain to maybe them or an alien or a Martian, what is Harry Potter? It's not a Harry pot, <laughs> like a pot with hair on it. You mean a Chia pet? Like a Chia pet. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Harry Potter is a magical world where wizards live among us, which is obviously real, and we just haven't figured it out yet. I like that you weren't like, it's a book series written by J.K. Rowling that came out a number of years ago that's turned into movies. I like how you immediately went to like, it might be real and it's a magical world, but that's beautiful. Yeah, I don't not push on random stones in walls to see if they open. (laughs) That's amazing. What do you think it is about the series of books and movies that makes it stand out from other like... I don't want to say YA because it's not necessary. I don't know if it's considered young adult, you know, reading. But what makes Harry Potter and the characters and the world different from other science fiction fantasy novels? Oh, that's a good question. Hmm. I mean, for me, it's definitely I love I love the idea of a world within a world that there's like we're all just like walking around doing stuff. But because we're muggles, we don't know anything that's going on. And so there's like this whole secret labyrinth of everything and a whole different political system underground and people that can do stuff and, you know, that we don't know anything about. I think that's really cool. And yeah, I just think the magic part is done really well. And I'm pretty sure I could Expelliarmus something. And if I really, really, really tried, but I mean, I don't really know because I've read, I really like magic stuff, obviously. And I've read like The Magicians and Doctor Strange and Mr. Norell and some other really great magic books, but they just didn't quite have the same, they didn't stick the same way Harry Potter did. So I don't really know. Which character do you identify with? And not gender-based, just, you know, storyline, emotionally, intellectually? Um, Probably Hagrid. (laughs) Why? That's a great one. (laughs) Oh, because he's just so sweet. No, I mean, Hermione, probably. I just, I like that Hermione likes to do her own thing and she's smart and she likes to read books and, you know, she's very self-sufficient and I like that about her. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? 
then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. So, all right, you've seen the movies hundreds of times. You read all the books. Let's kind of just, for our listeners, let's feel out your fandom here. Have you ever met anyone from the movies or even JK herself, or have you ever gone to the worlds that Universal's put together? Have you ever touched a wand? Do you have you ever tried butterbeer? Have you made butterbeer yourself? Give me some of that stuff. <laughs> All right. Well, sadly, I have not met anyone from the world um, yet. Yet. Yes. I think I really wanted to be on what was it? Is it the flash that Malfoy's on? Yeah, that Tom Felton is on. Yeah. Yeah, because. And I, I was like, I can't ever do the show because I, I can't work with him because he's Malfoy. <laughs> Claire, didn't you interview him before? I traveled to Australia with Tom for a couple of weeks. Oh, Tom is a wonderful human being. I've heard that. I couldn't meet him. I'd just be like, but you're Malfoy, so I can't talk to you. Uh, I've been to Universal Studios. I've drank butterbeer. I haven't made it myself. That would, That's a good idea. My one like super great nerddom thing that I have is... My husband works with a guy who is a, he builds like not animatronic things, but he builds models and does a lot of special effects. And he has a friend who made wands for Harry Potter. And so he made me Hermione's wand. So I have a replica, like an actual Hermione wand that is apparently the same as was in the movies. That's as real as it gets. I don't know if it's true. But, <laughs> but the guy who made them for them on set, that is as real a Harry Potter wand as you will receive. So well done. Yes, I'm pretty I'm pretty proud of that. It's in my kitchen. It's it's funny because the cast tells so many stories about losing their wands and having to have more more and more made for them over the course. They were of, just you know, selling money base. And- <laughs> yes. <laughs> Did you just watch the reunion? I haven't watched it yet. And I feel like I need to really be emotionally prepared for it. I've read about it, but I feel like I have to kind of ease into it because it's also like kind of breaking the the fourth wall a little bit, you mm-hmm. know, like, I don't know, seeing behind the curtain, maybe a little bit so- too much. I haven't decided how I feel. <laughs> Speaking of, you know, breaking the wall, I'm not sure if you know, but Daniel Radcliffe was just cast as Weird Al Yankovic for Weird Al's biopic, oh, which is cool. such interesting casting. Yeah. Will you ever be able to see him in any role other than Harry? Um, I, th- I mean, I as an actor, I would like to say yes, because, you know, you want to believe that you can go on and play other characters. I don't think I've actually seen any of the other movies any of them have done. So maybe not, (laughs) but I mean, they're all very talented and wonderful actors outside of, you know, that world. So I'm going to go with yes. (laughs) 
Which character's death affected you the most? Probably Hedwig. It really came out of nowhere. I think that was the one that I was the most traumatized by. (laughs) The owl. Yeah, the owl. Yes, David, the owl. I'm just making it's so much more there was than no, an owl. There was no judgment in there. I was just saying <laughs> I would be very sad about an, my cat dying. So a beautiful owl. It always began every film with that beautiful owl flying in. And I really did. I do have a heart for that owl. So I, I am with you legitimately. You mentioned that you have a child, a son. How or if you already have introduced him into this world, tell me about that process, like sharing that with him how and what have you done so far and and what emotions come up when you do share the story of Harry Potter? Well, it's very funny because he's only four, so he's obviously a little bit young for the stories, but I used to make him, when he first started talking, I would make him say, my name's Harry Potter. In a British accent. And so I have all these videos of him saying that, which was really cute. But there's not a lot to the stories that he can really learn about yet because he's so little. However, my son is obsessed with trains, like very seriously obsessed. And there's obviously a magical train in Harry Potter. So I found that the train is maybe the gateway Mm-hmm. into the world. So I got him a Harry Potter train for Christmas, like a little ornament. And he thinks it's really cool. And then he liked the idea that it was a magical train. And then Lego made a book that is a Lego Harry Potter book of Christmas stuff. So it's like all of the times that there was Christmas, like in Harry Potter, like at, at Hogwarts and stuff like that. So That has none of the real sort of scary stuff in it. So that book I got him. So I started him on that one. So now he's really into the train and he's kind of curious. So he's sort of started to talk about Harry Potter. And I think I'm really into it when I read it to him. So like my niece and nephew don't like Harry Potter and they're kind of dead to me now. (laughs) Do you tell that to them whenever you see them and give them a glazed look over your face and no presents? Yeah, they like Percy Jackson, and I just don't know about them. (laughs) The franchise does a really good job of, like, repackaging and rebinding the books for different anniversaries and in the UK versus in Europe and here. Do you have a collection of the books that you keep? Or do you just have your original set, and that's the set you go off of? I have my original set, and I have a couple repeats, and they're all pretty... They're all pretty worn out, but I don't have any of the fancy, the fancy ones yet. They're just all the old, like they're not even the hardcovers, they're the paperbacks. Because remember, I didn't care about it when I first started reading it. It was just because my mom told me to. <laughs> Is Johnny into it as much as you or? Not yeah. as much, but I mean, we live together, so he has to watch the movies with me. <laughs> <laughs> there is no choice. <laughs> Watching the movies is very interesting, I think, for all of us. There's many times on which they appear, right? You can be at a hotel and the USA Network will have it on pretty much all the time. You could be sitting at home and just going, you know what? It's lunchtime. I want to watch the movie. When are the reasons and and emotional feelings or mood changes in which why you watch these movies? Do you watch them in all the moods? Do you watch them in all the times of life? I went through a phase where I would watch usually the first 
like 45 minutes of the Sorcerer's Stone because I love the entrance and the introduction of the world. And I love when they're in the boats going into the castle and everything is like lit up and it's beautiful and it's so magical. And, and I love that part. I find it very comforting. So I went through a phase where I would watch just that beginning very, very often. And now we kind of watch them I've turned them sort of into Christmas movies. So we sort of have a tradition where we'll watch them at Christmas time all the way through. But since I've had kids, like I don't really watch anything because I have little children that (laughs) don't let me sleep. So So I haven't watched them actually for like a couple of years now, like all the way through. But if it's on, I'll watch it usually for a little bit. Are you like chomping at the bit for when they become of an age where you can totally go down the movie road with them. Yeah. yeah. Like I will start with the books first. I have it all set out and, you know, we'll read them at bedtime. And then once they've read the books, then they can watch the movie. And yeah, there's a whole thing. Which is your favorite movie and which is your favorite book? And are they the same? That's a good question. Because you know what? The Goblet of Fire is a great book and I don't like the movie. It's very different because it's such a big book. There's so much that happens in it. Uh, I think that's the fifth one. Yeah. I should know that, but yeah, it's really, it's really thick. So they leave a lot out. Yeah. So I find the book is a lot better. The Sorcerer's Stone and The Prisoner of Azkaban are probably my favorite movies. And The Prisoner of Azkaban is probably my favorite book. And the last one and the the Mm. second Deathly Hollows book. Prisoner of Azkaban, to me, I don't know what you two ladies think. I remember watching that movie and going, oh, Harry just got a little more adult here. Who was the director? It was, oh man, the guy who did Roma, right? Yeah, he he only did, it's very different. Like the directing is very different. Alejandro, I'm Googling it while we're, it was beautiful too. Yeah. Yes, the character does evolve so much, especially in that movie. What do you think the most pivotal relationship for Harry was throughout the series? Relationship? Probably Dumbledore. Mm -hmm. I mean... Yeah, probably Dumbledore. He affected his life the most, really. Alfonso Cuaron. That was who nice. it was. Nice. Probably pronouncing it wrong. But yeah, that guy. He Didn't he do E2 Mama Tambien, if I'm correct? Like, I love... He did. You're right. I, Such an interesting do. choice. <laughs> but I love that. And I love that they made those choices. And as they kept... They really kept getting an older, more mature feel of the films as he kept getting older. And I thought that was brilliant versus having Christopher Columbus just keep doing it year after year. But I do find it interesting that your favorite films are the first and the third and not the him getting older. I, I think that's a very interesting I like thing. the like magic of the world. I don't like it as, mu- as much when the, you know, the Voldemort and like the shit hits the fan and then they have like a big battle and all of those things. Like I like the, I like the magic part. That's my innocent magic. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Less hormones. (laughs) So I can't believe we've gone this long and I haven't asked you, but have you gone? I'm sure you have. You've gone on Pottermore and sorted yourself, right? With the sorting hat. I haven't. You haven't? I actually just found out about Pottermore a couple of years ago and it's been since I've had kids. So I just haven't done it. So I don't know. Mm -hmm. Can we do it with her now? Yeah. Can we do a live Pottermore? I think we need to. How long does okay. it take? Is this going to be it's, crazy? It, it's instantaneous. No. Let's do it. By the way, I'm a Hufflepuff. And every time I've done it, I have maintained nice. the Hufflepuffness. Okay. So that is me. 
Okay, Pottermore.com. David, are you there? All right, I'm there. I have to create an account. <laughs> so I'll be, qu- I'll be quick about it. It's worth it. Okay, while he's creating that account, I want to ask you, you've mentioned magic several times. Like, what is it about the magical aspect? Is it the suspension of disbelief? Is it like the envy that, you know, in our world, magic really doesn't exist, but there it does? What is it about that that, that you love um, and that entices you? Uh, I mean, hmm. I think I just really like secrets and secret things. And, you know, like I like the idea of secret passageways and secret tunnels and that you can move things with a wand. And I don't really know that I know that I haven't put a lot of thought into that. I just like it. (laughs) I like it, too. I do. Where is your Hermione wand? It's in my kitchen. It's in your kitchen. I love that. (laughs) <laughs> the place where we spend most of our time nowadays. So maybe I can cook if I use that instead of a spoon and spatula. I would be able to make things. Better. I love that. <laughs> and have you ever considered a Harry Potter themed party for yourself or your children? No judgment. <laughs> My niece was, even though she doesn't like Harry Potter, she was Hermione for Halloween. And I've had some friends that have done Harry Potter themed Halloweens, but I haven't had a, actually my best friend's son had a Harry Potter birthday one year when he was like five or six, but I haven't done it. I should. Maybe once I find out what house I belong in. All right. Yes. You need to know your house, which here we are. Ready, David? Oh my gosh, Megan. Here we go. This is very special. What if I'm Slytherin, guys? This is Claire. I'm jumping in in the middle of Megan's sorting experience on Pottermore.com. We're going to cut out a little bit of this for time's sake. However, if you'd like to hear the full Pottermore quiz, just keep listening after the credits. And now for the sorting hat reveal. Oh, I think we're doing it. The sorting hat is ready to make its decision. Before we do this, do you have a guess? I feel like I'm going to end up in Slytherin. Maybe Ravenclaw? I don't think you're a Hufflepuff. Here we go. You are... A Slytherin. For real? For real. Pride, (gasps) ambition, cunning. You probably know that some of Slytherin's most renowned members include Severus Snape and Bellatrix Lestrange. But did you know Merlin himself was a Slytherin? Or that according to legend, the ribbon of a first class order of Merlin is green to reflect his Hogwarts house? (gasps) Congratulations. Oh my gosh. And Malfoy was a Slytherin. Maybe that's why. Maybe I just knew. You guys are meant to be together. In the Harry Potter world. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I do love Severus Snape. That is a pretty good story. Good job. And I'm typing in in our little Zoom chat here. Apparently, J.K. Rowling has her own. It says a message from your prefect. And it's like a little like welcome to the house. So there you can read in the chat what she says later about you. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, do you love Snape? Does this make you kind of happy? I mean, I don't know. I don't don't know that I want to be Slytherin. But I guess... You know what, Megan? The hat decides. (laughs) Embrace it. Embrace your Slytherin ways. I have green eyes, so maybe I do also speak Parseltongue. That should have set me off. (laughs) This whole, you know what? For the next two days, you're going to be talking about the fact that you're a Slytherin. All right. I got a rapid fire for you. Are you ready? Okay. So these are just quick answers. Gut feelings. Here we go. Fred or George? Fred. What would your Patronus be? A butterfly. What position would you play in Quidditch? 
Seeker. Voldemort or Tom Riddle? Ooh. Tom Riddle. Moaning Myrtle or Sir Headless Nick? Sir Headless Nick. Book Snape or Alan Rickman Snape? Ooh. Now that you're Slytherin, this means even more. Yeah. Mm, Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman. That's a good one. Do you do voices when you read either the books in your head or to your child? I don't know. I don't think so, no. Um, I do the accent. That counts. Yeah, that counts. That's a, Yeah, that's a voice. <laughs> that's a voice. Okay. Harry and Ginny or Ron and Hermione? Harry and Ginny. Mm. If you could have only one, the Elder Wand, the Sorcerer's Stone, or the Invisibility Cloak? Definitely the Invisibility Cloak. Mm. Why? Because who doesn't want to be invisible? That'd be awesome. I like it. Sneak around. Go to movies. Don't have to pay for it. I get it. Great. Love it. So something that I like to always ask is sort of the why. If you had to ask yourself, this might be the first time you're ever doing it. Everybody's passion and everybody's thing that they come on to fanatics is usually born from a place of like, you know, maybe they wanted something more from childhood or or they like an escapism or this or that. What is it that you think that Harry Potter does for you that speaks inside your heart that goes like, why is it that you're so connected to this thing? Does it put you in a happy place? Does it make you feel comforted in a sort of way? Is it about a relationship with a person? What do you, where do you think it really, like the real interest of this thing happens? Ah, that's a good question. I think it's, I think it's the comfort thing for sure. And I think that's probably why I like the earlier ones too, because it's like this kind of beautiful magical little world that has so many like little intricate parts to it that it's a fun place to get to live and that's probably also why i like the books more because you get deeper into all of it yeah it's a total world that's completely created i do like one of our producers just typed in the chat though their answer they are amazing (laughs) (laughs) the audiobooks the audiobooks that's great well that's awesome i i can't wait to check them out because then it's reading it on a whole different level cool i love it all right megan this has been a pleasure we'll end every podcast with the same thing for all of our passions out there and it is a love letter and we would love to hear your love letter to harry potter okay dear harry potter you are so awesome I love to read the books and watch the movies and your music is cool. Love, Megan. (laughs) I love it. I'm a really good writer, guys. Did you not know that? It was awesome. (laughs) Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. 
Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Would you believe it? I've never sorted myself, Claire. I'm shocked. I don't know, David, especially being a fan. Like, why? Why haven't you? Are you nervous? Megan was a little nervous that she ended up being a Slytherin. I mean, I say Slytherin pride and it worked out perfectly because obviously Tom Felton Malfoy is at least in the series of Slytherin. You know, I think I've asked him if he sorted himself and I think he ended up being a Slytherin also in real life. Oh, that's got to be a real head turner for all the cast members if they've sorted themselves. Yeah, I asked that question of everyone I've interviewed and and most of them have and most of them actually end up being, you know, it's like which came first, the chicken or the egg, you know, when you encompass a character for a decade, how much of the character is you and how much of you is the character becomes a very gray area. So not surprising. It goes back to the thing I was sharing in the intro, right? We kind of are what we eat. If we go into the casting room and you know, you're going to look at a Tom Felton and go, well, this guy <laughs> has Slytherin vibes. We want to cast him that way. Mm-hmm. Now it's totally possible. Like for instance, there's a Clancy Brown who was on Dexter New Blood, for instance, who's the villain. And he is the nicest guy in the world and probably wouldn't relate to a Slytherin type. So there, sometimes you can play off type, you know, like you're not Slytherin and you played Glory she and was she was fine, not such a nice David. person. And so... <laughs> Misunderstood. <laughs> <laughs> Misunderstood. So I think sometimes we can either be cast probably right on the line of who we are truly or almost like a total 180 from that. I feel like there's usually in like initial... As we're going out for stuff, it's it tends to be one or the other. And maybe as you get older as an actor, you can kind of do in-between stuff. But audiences really want to see, like, Tom Hanks always play someone who's a little in over his head. Sometimes he knows everything, but a lot of times, like, you know, Tom Cruise, we want to see him fight in action and go after some pretty big goals. We're not really into seeing Tom Cruise in a very small independent feature. (laughs) No, although what was it? Tropic Thunder. He was phenomenal in that because it was not Tom Cruise. You know, we pay the big bucks to see, you know, Minority Report and stuff like that. But people do enjoy him in the character type roles. It was a great 180, Tropic Thunder. Now we should just now how did somehow we got into Tropic Thunder. I don't know. know, But I'm thrilled by it. I love that we went from (laughs) Harry Potter to Tropic Thunder. And it's, it makes me happy. Yes, me too. What was it for you that got you into Harry Potter? Because I think that's, everyone has that story. I started educating myself when I started interviewing the cast. You know what I mean? So that was really my gateway. And now that my kids are older, I'm going to go through, do a read with them of the series. I've read bits and pieces. It's one of the series I haven't read straight through. And I definitely would like to and need to. And I think the time is about right. I'm kind of waiting for my nine-year-old to get a little more so that I can do it with three kids at the same time. And we can have that dinner table, you know, conversation. And then Harry Potter can lead into me talking to them about, you know, all like the adult topics. It's like our latch on thing for relationships and sex and marriage and all that. And magic and magic, too. Don't leave that out. Oh, of course. Uh, Which you can find in sex. Yeah, exactly. But that was my (laughs) entry point was out of necessity. But I will say the whole cast, everyone I've interviewed, absolutely lovely, 
kind. You know, you can see why they were able to keep the integrity of the films over the decade because they were truly people that got along. They enjoyed working together. They had that bond, kind of like you did on Dexter New Blood, which now I'm like so upset that that there's not another season. What's happening? Anyway, I'm going to... I'm going to hope to see Michael C. Hall as a ghost <laughs> in a new Dexter, maybe. Like, I don't know. You tell me, David. Dexter, new ghost. Dexter, new yeah, ghost. Dexter, new ghost. Well, they probably knew they were all holding a sacred space, right? They all knew that this audience lived and breathed for this thing they did. And I think it's nice to see that the actors, the writers, the creators, the director, JK, like they all knew what they held. I think definitely towards the end they yeah. knew james and oliver phelps who played the weasley twins told a really funny story about like they were getting ready to film like the seventh or eighth movie and the book was also coming out around the same time and they didn't have the film script and they were like can we get an advanced copy of the book and basically production was and jk they were like no and so they had to go to the bookstore like everyone else in the uk and in the us the morning the book came out and just like wait in line and get a copy and of course then they're like flipping through what happens to my character what you know Anyway, very, very interesting that not even they were given that extra advanced knowledge of what was going to happen. So I think I agree. By the end, they knew the enormity of what was happening. At the beginning, they were kids, you know? Yeah. Kids on the set. Super special. The special episode, special time. Guys, hope you enjoyed yourselves today. Hope you know what house you're in and you are always welcome here on the Fanatics podcast from Hufflepuffs to Slytherins. Yes, and if you don't know what house you're in, and David, this is to you too, go out, sort yourselves, and let us know on Twitter at We Are Fanatics. We want to hear who's a Hufflepuff like me. Raise your hands. And who's a Slytherin like Megan? And David, you got to share what you are too. I will. I will. Get it out there. Pottermore is my destination right after this podcast. Sounds good. See you next Thursday. Bye, guys. All right, guys, before you go, we got some fun news for you. Believe it or not, we have another episode for you next week, and it's a pretty good one. We have on wonderful actress and person extraordinaire, Julie Benz. You know her from a lot of things, especially as Rita from the original Dexter series. How does Dexter keep coming back? It just does. But Buffy, Angel, Desperate Housewives, No Ordinary Family, Rambo 3, Defiance, the TV series Training Day, so much more. And she loves, speaking of TV, the program The View. Yes, Barbara Walters and co. Rosie O'Donnell, Whoopi Goldberg, Megan McCain, the whole gang. They're her friends. Hear her talk about all of that and a whole lot more next week. Tune in. Thank you for listening to Fanatics, a Roddenberry podcast. For more episodes and info, head over to wearefanatics.com or tweet your fanatics thoughts and stories at wearefanatics. Yes, that's we are F-A-N-A-D-D-I-C-T-S. Our show is hosted by Claire Kramer and me, David Magadoff. Produced by me, Claire Kramer, and Kelsey Goldberg. Executive producers Trevor Roth and Rod Roddenberry. Our sound engineer and editor is Elizabeth Joy Windham. And you can thank Stephen Mudd for our theme song. Catch us next Thursday for another Fanatics episode. Hedwig, why did you have to die? Why did you make Megan cry? 
You didn't even say goodbye Now you're in heaven so go fly Well now he's with Dumbledore So I can't believe we've gone this long and I haven't asked you, but have you gone? I'm sure you have. You've gone on Pottermore and sorted yourself, right? With the sorting hat. I haven't. You haven't? I actually just found out about Pottermore a couple of years ago and it's been since I've had kids. So I just haven't done it. So I don't know. Can we do it with her now? Yeah. Can we do a live Pottermore? I think we need to. How long does okay. it take? Is this going to be it's, crazy? It, it's instantaneous. No. Let's do it. By the way, I'm a Hufflepuff. And every time I've done it, I have maintained nice. the Hufflepuffness. Okay. So that is me. Okay. Pottermore.com. David, are you there? All right. I'm there. I have to create an account. <laughs> so I'll be, qu- I'll be quick about it. It's worth it. Ready, David? Oh, my gosh. Megan, here we go. I this is very special. What if I'm Slytherin, guys? <laughs> Pick moon or stars. Whichever resonates with you more. Moon. Okay, moon it is. Late at night, walking alone down the street, you hear a peculiar cry that you believe to have a magical source. Do you draw your wand and stand your guard? Or withdraw into the shadows to await developments while mentally reviewing the most appropriate defensive and offensive spells should trouble occur. Or draw your wand and try to discover the source of the noise. Or proceed with caution, keeping one hand on your concealed wand and an eye out for any disturbance. I think I would do number three. Three. So draw your wand and try to discover the source of the noise and disturbance. Great. Okay, we selected that. Okay, here's the next one. A troll has gone berserk in the headmaster's study at Hogwarts. It is about to smash, crush, and tear several irreplaceable items and treasures. Terrible. In which order would you rescue these objects from the troll's club if you could? A nearly perfected cure for dragon pox. Select a position for the cure. Okay, this is really a chest. One, two, or three, meaning... Would you rescue it first, second, or third? Does it list the other items right there, David? It's not telling me what the other items are. It's just showing me you got to know. So a cure for dragon pox? Yeah, Mm. so a nearly perfected cure for dragon pox. One, two, or three? Three. Okay. Student records going back 1,000 years. Oh, four? There's no four. It has to be one or two. Oh, dragon pox cure is more important than that. Okay, two. Okay. A mysterious handwritten book full of strange runes. Number one, I guess. Yeah. All right. You can reorder them now, they're telling me. Oh, well, probably the dragon pox is first. So the dragon pox first, student records going back a thousand years, second or third? That's probably third. That's hard keeping my mouth shut. (laughs) And then the mysterious handwritten book of strange runes, number two. That's probably number two. Okay, good job. Confirm order. All right, once every century, the flutterby bush, <laughs> we all have them, the flutterby bush produces flowers that adapt their scent to attract the unwary. If it lured you, it would smell of what? The sea, home, a crackling log fire, or fresh parchment? The sea. The sea, says the woman from Halifax. Okay. 
If you were attending Hogwarts, which pet would you choose to take with you? Well, I think we know the answer to this one. Cats, toads, or owls? Owl. Yeah. If you were attending Hogwarts, which pet would you choose to take with you? A barn owl. There's a picture of a barn owl. It's very cute here, by the way. Barn owl, a tawny owl, a snowy owl, or a screech owl, or a brown owl. I wish you could see these pictures. Um, Do you want a more cutesy looking puffy owl or... I need the snowy owl because I'm in the north. Fair enough. Which of the following would you most like to study? Mer people, as in merman and mermaids, centaurs, werewolves, vampires, goblins, trolls, republicans, no, uh, <laughs> or ghosts. <laughs> that was a joke. Ghosts, trolls, goblins, vampires, werewolves, centaurs, mer people. I feel like all the Once Upon a Time fans are going to need me to say werewolves. <laughs> <laughs> the oncers. Little Red. You're going to go with werewolves? Well, I mean, I probably more people, but... This is for you. Okay. Let the fans be the fans. Sorry. This is for you. Sorry, fandom. Mer-people? I'm going to go with mermaids. I want to know more about mermaids. Yeah. In the sea. All right. Which of the following would you most hate people to call you? An American. Just kidding. A cowardly, <laughs> ordinary, selfish, or ignorant? Probably selfish. Okay. Click on that. All right. Here's a big one. White or black? What is it? Just white or black. (laughs) There's a picture of like two dragons. Their heads are next to each other. And one is a white dragon and one is a black dragon. That's sort of what they're. So in your heart, do you like black or do you like white? Probably black. Okay. Black it is. Oh, I think we're doing it. The sorting hat is ready to make its decision. Before we do this, do you have a guess? I feel like I'm going to end up in Slytherin. Maybe Ravenclaw? I don't think you're a Hufflepuff. Harry got to pick between Slytherin and Gryffindor, and he picked Gryffindor. So shouldn't I want to be Gryffindor since he's the main character? Fair enough. Here we go. You are a Slytherin. (gasps) For real? For real. Pride, ambition, cunning. You probably know that some of Slytherin's most renowned members include Severus Snape and Bellatrix Lestrange, but did you know Merlin himself was a Slytherin or that according to legend, the ribbon of a first class order of Merlin is green to reflect his Hogwarts house? (gasps) Congratulations. Oh my gosh. And Malfoy was a Slytherin. Maybe that's why. Maybe I just knew. You guys are meant to be together in the Harry Potter world. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I do love Severus Snape. That is a pretty good story. Good job. And I'm typing in the in our little Zoom chat here. Apparently, J.K. Rowling has her own. It says a message from your prefect, and it's like a little like welcome to the house. So there you can read in the chat what she says later about you. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, do you love Snape? Does this make you kind of happy? I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't know that I want to be Slytherin, but I guess. You know what, Megan? The hat decides. <laughs> Embrace it. Embrace your Slytherin ways. I have green eyes, so maybe I do also speak parcel tongue. Ah. That should have set me off. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
Facebook guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.